Welcome, welcome back to Rise to Liberty podcast. Today, I am joined by the Larry Sharp. How you doing today, Larry? I am the Larry Sharp. I guess that means pretty good. <laughs> so, I'm not really sure exactly uh, how to introduce you. So, I think it would just be best if you wanted to just kind of give a rundown who you are. Uh, why does your name mean so much in the liberty movement? I'm not sure it does, but okay. <laughs> so, no, I just uh, I punish myself by running for often for running for office. Um, governor of New York twice, um, and I try my best to support individual candidates. Right, the liberty movement, and most people, I'm not sure most, a lot of people disagree with me on this, but I see the liberty movement as separate and different from the liberty libertarian party. Liberty movement is much bigger, broader, and the Liberty Par Libertarian Party is part of the libertarian movement. The movement can survive without the party. The party can't survive without the movement. However, the movement is stronger with the party than it is without the party. I don't spend much time on the movement that makes sense. I spend most of my time in the party. So, um, so I think why people know me is because I stay in the party, I talk about the party, I work within the party, I've been doing it for many years. So I'm a, I'm a, a common name within the party where most people rotate in and out. They went to the party for a year or two, or they run for something, go back into the movement, stay in the movement for several years, maybe never come back to the party or reverse back and forth. I pretty much stick in the party and have done so since about 2012 or so. And what made you land on the Libertarian Party? It's Gary Johnson. Believe it or not, it's Gary Johnson. I remember Dave Smith once teased me once. He says, you know, I always said Gary Johnson didn't bring anybody into the Libertarian Party. <laughs> then I met you, Larry Sharp. You're the one guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yes. Um, but actually, Gary Johnson did bring a lot of people to the party. A lot of them didn't stay, sadly. I don't think we were able to capitalize on the, the literally millions of normies that actually came to the party because Gary Johnson was a, you know, when it comes to who I was, a lot of people, if you listen to them who are still in the party, came to the party through somebody who's a bit more radical or stronger or more anarchist or more powerful like that. Someone more like a Ron Paul is a more common way that people have come and stayed in the party. But who I was in 2012, I couldn't hear Ron Paul. I couldn't hear him. The guy that I could hear was Gary Johnson. So, and when I heard Gary Johnson, I tell this story often, I thought he was a radical. I am far more radical than Gary Johnson is now, right? But I thought then, right? Again, the person who I was, I thought then this guy, what? Wait a minute. Are you telling me government isn't the answer to everything? What? This is impossible. <laughs> that can't be true, right? So um, I was much more that person. I was much more normie or mainstreamer. And to hear him, it made me rethink things. And then I came in. It's one of the reasons why when people get upset, they say, we don't want this person in the party. We don't want that person in the party. I'm much more like, no, 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 let them in the party. What I don't want is to have them run for office right away, right? So one of the more popular ones you hear often is we should have Tulsi Gabbard come into the party. I'm all in. Let her come into the party. Yep. I don't want her being our presidential nominee in 2024. Exactly. Right? I don't want that. No, I don't want her running for whatever governor of Hawaii is libertarian. I don't want that, right? Because she's not one of us yet. But we've got to let people in, even Tulsi Gabbard, who has had views that many libertarians would be against. Fine. Let her in. Let her eat the dirt that we eat. Let us sit in the trenches with us in the movement in the party for a year or two. And if she's still with us, 
okay, yeah, then start doing the things that you would do. But the reality of it is someone like her or anyone else, I, I bring up her because she's popular, but this goes for any other mainstream person. Bring them in, let them be with us for a year or two, and one or two things happens. One, they realize, you know what? This isn't me. I'm out. Okay, thank you for, for coming. You hopefully don't think we're crazy, and maybe some of your followers stayed. So yeah. awesome. Go off, do your thing, go back to being a Republican, Democrat, whatever. Or you actually become one of us. And you go, you know what? These guys are right. You know what? These are good. Okay, you know what? I'm in. In which case, then I'm happy. Then run for office. Carry our flag. So the problem is our past has been we let the heavy hitters in and we make them our king. Right? I would like to, <laughs> yes, don't become our king. Yep. Just, in fact, never become our king. But don't try to become our king. First, to become one of us. Yeah. So when people say they're gatekeeping to have someone run or be that person, I agree with that form of gatekeeping. But no form of gatekeeping to bring them into the fold. They have to somehow come here, right? They, I don't need only people who are hardcore libertarians. I need them too, don't get me wrong. But I also need normies to start coming to us and seeing us. It's another reason why you don't see me get upset about messaging. People always go, Larry, what about this message, that message? I want all the messages. And I'm not joking when I say that. There are people who, when you give them, a, the joke I always use is, someone had a shirt at one of our conventions. I think it was a wise convention. I forgot which one it was. It said, legalize a recreational cocaine, right? And for some people, that's a bridge too far. No, yeah. you can't. And for others, like, oh my God, yes. Who are you guys? Conservative and socially liberal, which I personally don't like, but that's fine. Some people like that. I want all the messages to all the people so that we can find people where they are, bring them in, don't make them our king, right? As you will hear me say all the yep. time, this movement does not require a savior. It requires hundreds and hundreds of heroes. That's what it requires. So let's build up hundreds and hundreds of local heroes, some who will be you know, screaming legalized you know, recreational cane, and some who will be saying, let's be socially conservative. I'm sorry, no, physically conservative, socially liberal. All good. Yes to all of them. I would have to agree. Um, I was actually asked about that by some of my fellow party members. Uh, so I'm actually in the uh, state of Utah, mm -hmm. uh, involved in the party over here. And I was asked some of about Tulsi Gabbard specifically, and I yep. pretty much said the same thing. It's like, um, I have no problem with her in the party. I have a yep. problem with her running. Um, Correct. I, I don't want her shoved to the front of the line just because she has name recognition. That's not going to help anything. But if know. she wants to help raise money for one of our candidates, if she yeah. wants to help bring press to some of our candidates, please, that'd be amazing, right? I was just down in Florida in Jacksonville myself and uh, Chase Oliver. Um, and we went down to support three local Jacksonville candidates who are running for city council. I wish someone like Tulsi Gabbard would have shown up for that. That's awesome. Or again, yeah. whomever you think is the new, you know, popular libertarian. Yes, if they are prepared to do that, support our local candidates, be in the trenches with us for at least a year, maybe longer, but it's a year. And then go, you know what? I'm still with you. Fine. Run for governor of, of Hawaii then, or whatever is the thing Tulsi wants to do. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. We, I mean, we've, uh, let people like Bill Weld in and, uh, we, we should kind of try and 
uh, what really, I can tell really you is watch what people no one, do. let me be very clear. No one spent more time, money, or energy trying to stop Bill Weld than a guy you're talking to right now. Anyone, yeah. anyone listening who was there knows that I lost by 31 votes. I literally lost by, not that I'm counting. I'm not counting, Jacob. You're counting. Shut up. Yeah. I'm not counting. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yes, um, 31 votes is all I'm saying. So, but no, I spent my own time. My own, I paid for that campaign in my own pocket. I tried to stop that and no one spent more time on it and trying to stop that. So I agree with you yeah. completely and I have the receipts to prove it. So yes. Well, I'm glad there were people trying to stop that. So, and hopefully we can see something like that if it ever happens again uh we can stop it well, before it ever gets the piece going i want to bring up is once he stayed in the party for the next couple of years before he decided he's going to beat trump in in 2020 how that i don't know how that was going to happen but before he decided that i wasn't angry at him anymore because he was deciding to stay in the party and do what i said i was like okay you know what if you just want to stay in the party and try to be one of us and see what we're about, I'm good. I'm not mad anymore. So I stopped being mad completely. I was like, okay, that's the that's the behavior that I want from more people. I'm happy Justin Amash is doing that, right? Justin Amash is yeah. staying in the party. He's being with us. He's showing up at, at events, right? This is the behavior we should be rewarding and happy. And all the heavy hitters who want to come in and rule us with their iron fist, no, come in and be in trenches with us first. Yeah. And then don't rule us, but at least you can go run for something. Yeah, exactly. Um. So I kind of want to talk about you living in the lion's den of yes. New York. You are in one of the most totalitarian states out there. No, no, there. no, 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 the most. The most. Yeah, literally ranked state. by Cato multiple times in a row. New York State is the least free state in the union. As you hear me say all the time, take that, California. We're number one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. We are the least free state in the union, ranked multiple times in a row. I think now four years in a row or five years in a row by Cato. We are the absolute least free. We are the worst. My my congressperson is AOC. Yes. Touche. I live Touché. in the in the lines then, correct. But but even with that, Jacob, I'm gonna go back to what I just said earlier. I didn't just decide to run for governor in 2016. In 2012, I supported Gary Johnson and Bill Weld. I was a guy who was out there. I was writing checks for them. I was doing fundraisers for them. I raised almost $200,000 for those two guys. That was me out there on my own dime. I was, I was support staff. When we ran a governor candidate, a guy by the name of Michael McDermott here in 2014 in New York State, I was his driver. So I got in the trenches with the people, supported everybody, supported the candidates, raised money for them, wrote checks, was a, was a physical driver, did debate prep when he went in debates up in Buffalo, I did all the things as a supporter, and then I ran for governor. Like, I didn't just decide, I'm the super cool guy. So I think even that, I, I tried to practice what I preach. And here in New York State, one of the reasons why I decided to run for governor, there were many reasons, but one of them was, it's the only way to get ballot access in New York State. New York State, you, it's, well, now they've just recently changed it as they screwed me over. But in 2018, literally the only way was through the governor. You might go, well, you, you mean like a percentage in a statewide election? No, only governor. Literally, we could have had a libertarian senator, no ballot access. Only we are, Gary Johnson could have won New York State in 2016, no ballot access. It was only through governor. That was the specific laws in New York State. So that was one of the reasons why I ran. So yes, just to clear that piece up. 
So why are you still there? It is a great question. And I doubt it often, right? The story I tell is I was going to leave in 2017, 2016, 2017, I was going to leave. I was going to pack up and go to North Carolina. What I do for my day job when I work, which is not often always, but, uh, but uh, when I work is I'm a business consultant. So I need large companies, you know, for me to make my money. And New York City, full of large companies, biggest city in the country. So perfect place for me to be. Plus, I'm born here. I'm born in Manhattan, raised here in the Bronx and also Long Island and now Queens. I've been in Queens now for 20 years. So I, I do know the area. I live downstate New York. I live in New York City. I'm born here. I do know it. And it is what I know. So sometimes the W know is better than the W don't know. So sure. I, do, I do know it. I feel comfortable here. I know where to go here. I know how to act here, right? It's my home. So that's part of it. But I was still going to leave. I was upset. And after the 2016 election specifically, I was upset. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to pack up. I'm going to go to North Carolina. That's what I thought I was going to do. I was going to go right outside of Charlotte. Charlotte's a big city in the South. They've got big companies for me. I can do my job there. I'll go there and I'll be consulting down there. But when I went down there, I realized I could sell my matchbox of a, of a house, my shoebox of a house here in New York City and buy a mansion in North Carolina pay less taxes. Everything was great. I thought, wow. But instead of me packing up and leaving, which there are many points where I wish I just had, I got angry. And I said, why does my beautiful New York state suck so bad? New York state is a beautiful state. If anybody has been there, I mean, everything you can imagine in New York state is here. We have all four seasons. We have everything from skiing to beaches. We have falls and mountains, mountain climbing. We have lakes, some of the best lakes in the country. I mean, Minnesota is pretty cool too, but we have a lot of very <laughs> cool lakes. Um, we have New York City, the biggest city in the country, Broadway, um, Madison Square Garden, the history of a, of a city that is from the 1600s, Empire State Building, Ellis Island. There's so many beautiful things across New York State. The problem is this government. The government is crushing. As you said, Cato has ranked us, ranked us as the least free for five years straight. Our government crushes us and we are losing population. New York State could easily easily, if in it with a good environment and good government, sustain 30 million people. Easily, it could. We're down under 19 now, 19 million. And we're now down to the fourth, amount, fourth lowest uh, in, this, in the country. Florida has more people than we do and half our budget. Let me say that again. Florida has more people than we have and half our budget. They are growing. We are losing. They gained a congressional seat. We lost one. So that's how bad my state is. I got upset. So I said, you know what? I'm coming back and I'm going to run for governor. I'm going to win the governorship. I'm going to fix my state. In case you didn't notice, Jacob, that did not go as planned. Yeah. So that did not go as planned. But after I lost, the problem is I then saw how the sausage was made. At that point, I saw how corrupt, how bad, how broken everything is, how pay to play everything is. I saw how bad it is and I got angrier and I said, I'm going to do it again. Because I was angry, so I have to do it one more time. <laughs> um, but the other thing is, I wasn't sure I was going to do it again. What made, what made me sure I was going to do it again was, after I got ballot, ballot access in 2018, I then supported local candidates. There is a, a philosophical divide in the movement to whether running local matters or whether running the president or big top of the ticket matters. And I think there shouldn't be a divide at all. I think we should do both, but the reasoning is different, right? The top of the ticket has the best chance of press, but the least chance of victory. 
Yep. The bottom of the ticket has the least chance of press, but the best chance of victory. So once you run top of the ticket, take that press and give it to the bottom of the ticket. This is literally what I did. Everything I talk about, I don't just talk the talk, I walk the walk, right? So I talked the talk about it, then I walked the walk. In 2018, I got lots of press, raised half million dollars, got the most votes Libertarians ever got in New York State, right? Had done great for Libertarians in New York State, awesome. Got ballot access, got party status. The next year, I crossed the state again, supporting local candidates, doing what I said, bringing the press. Because the press didn't know local candidate running for city council, but the press didn't know Larry Sharp for me campaigning last year, the whole entire year. They didn't know who I was. So we called them up. Hey, I'm going to be in town supporting some local guy or gal running for so-and-so. Press would show up. We had 107 victories in 2019. We, had a, we went from zero libertarians to 107 in one year. Now, New York's a big state. Did that, you know, was that a massive change in New York state policy? No. But was it a massive growth in libertarianism? Yes, it was, yeah. right? That's, that's the stepping stone we need to make impact, right? And then the year right after, New York state changed the laws in the middle of everything, in the middle of COVID, didn't care, shut it all down, and we lost everything. There are now literally no libertarians in New York state. And when that happened, that's when I knew that's it, right? I am going to run again. I, I got to fix this. And, and, I thought, and exactly how, how did they do that? Um, what they decided was, oh, I know that we said that governor is what matters. And it's every four years. We just kidding. It's um, every two years. It's president, even though you can't run and local parties never run a presidential candidate. So all local parties will be destroyed because they don't run presidential candidates because they're local parties by default. They don't stop destroy all those parties. And not just that, it's not 50,000 votes, which is what I had to get. It's now 130,000 votes. So almost going to triple the number of votes. And the signatures we said were 15,000. No, 45,000. We're going to triple those. And we're not going to make it in the summer where there are things like uh, fairs and people go outside. We're going to bring it to the spring in New York State when there are still snowstorms. So they did all of those things. It was literally impossible. They made it literally impossible. They basically said, we're going to outlaw all the parties without saying that. How do I know that? Because last year when we ran, I, I got sued in civil court to make sure I couldn't get in the ballot. The sitting congressman, he couldn't make it. He couldn't get in the ballot and as an independent party. A multi-millionaire, a guy worth $40 million, couldn't get in the ballot. It is literally impossible. Last year was the first time in 76 or 80 years that New York State did not have an independent party, an independent gubernatorial candidate. Wow. They literally just destroyed all the parties. And nobody cared. We went to court. Larry, you got to sue them. We did. Both federal and state, we lost nine times in a row. Seven appeals. Jeez. We dropped about $100,000 in, law, in, in, in um, legal fees and lost at every level. They didn't care. The judges did not care, even though I showed them proof. It is impossible. You are destroying people's right to, to, to vote. You are destroying choice. You are taking away people's constitutional, you know, um, um, rights. Didn't care. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. What, what, what a wonderful... Uh, what what a wonderful judge! That's great. Judges, this is judges, not judge. Judges, judges. That's that's incredible that they could just stop anything right there, and then that's it. Nobody cares. Yep, nobody cares. Press didn't Amazing. care. 
Nobody gave a crap. And here's the worst part. They will care. I warned them all, but it doesn't matter. Like, it just, I guess it makes me feel good saying it, but it, it doesn't matter. There will not be an independent candidate in 2024 unless I get ballot access in New York State. It is impossible. People go, well, if Trump loses the thing, he'll run independent. No, he won't. He will not have ballot access in New York State. Yeah. Well, Marianne Williamson, if she doesn't, she, no, she will not have ballot access in New York State. Well, Howie Hawkins, no, that you, you, you will <laughs> not have ballot access in New York State. No one's getting that. There will be independent parties are now destroyed. They're done. It's over unless I get ballot access in 2024 somehow. Somehow. Yep. I assume you have a plan, though. Of course I do. Come on. <laughs> Of course I do. Why would I still be living here if I didn't have a plan, right? That's true. That's You're true. You're right. I'd be hanging out with you in Utah. I would yeah. be hanging out with you in Utah. <laughs> I actually like I actually like Utah. The last time I was in Utah, I remember I got to shoot at a range and a guy gave me a military discount just because I showed him my USMC tattoo. That was awesome. <laughs> so I never forget that. That was very good. So I got a, I got a 20, 20% military discount for showing my USMC tattoo. So that was good. So no, nothing but warm fuzzies for Utah. Um, but anyway, um, and that was the last time I, I sh that was the last time I shot an AR-15. Yeah, that was probably four years, three years ago, hmm. give or take. Last Interesting. Time. I don't, I, you can't own a firearm in New York City. I mean, if yeah. you, you can, but you're gonna go to jail. Yeah. Um, the laws are so strict here in New York City. Literally there's timing laws. So if I, I, I can own a firearm as possible to get a firearm permit for my home. It's possible, difficult, but possible. But if I do it and I want to go to the range to practice, if I get caught in traffic and the cops catch me and I've been too, I'm too many hours out from my home or range, I go to jail. I go to Rikers that's, Island, the most violent crazy. jail in the nation. I go there. Yep. So that's ridiculous. Correct. That's ridiculous. Yes, you're right which is why I don't own a firearm here. It's, it's insane to do one. So I have to go to the States so I can shoot. I can't go here. I got to go someplace else like Utah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, anytime. Away, but anytime. You brought You're it up. Welcome. You brought <laughs> it up. So um, yes, it, I need to raise half a million dollars by April 1 of next year, 2024. If I can raise that amount of money, then I can um, get enough signatures and enough votes to get ballot access in 2024 for New York State Libertarian Party. I can do it. It's a lot of money. I'm going to have to take a lot of time off from work again to go over there and make sure that all the errors that I made and seeing all how the sausage was made last year and the last time I ran, I now know how to do this because I screwed up so bad. I made so many mistakes. I fought so much. And if we go to court, I know, know how to. I now know how to handle court now. Again, I physically was in court, right? So I went through all the pain to understand how this works. So if we get a half million dollars by then, We'll be able to get a candidate on the ballot and get the 130,000 votes to have ballot access for 2024, 2026, and then hopefully 2028 also. That should solidify completely. So it's not just the two legacy parties, but really just the one party. Correct. Yes. Yes. In New York State, by the way, it's literally one party. Like it's yeah. not even a facade. The Democrats run this state completely. It's almost three to one Democrat Republican. In New York City, it's six to one, Democrat, Republican. Wow. But yes, Republicans have not <laughs> run, have not won a statewide election in my state in 22 years. Nothing. Not senator, AG, not governor, nothing. They've won no statewide elections in 22 years. And 
when it comes to me locally where I live, for my assemblymen, they haven't run, the Republicans haven't run a candidate in 10 years. Just don't, they're about to be running a candidate. And the last time I ran a candidate 10 years ago, that candidate lost by 70 points, 7 0, 85 to 15. Yes. Wow. And, and then before Ooh. that, they didn't run a candidate for 10 more years. So in the last 22 years, the Republicans have run a candidate one time. The Democrat runs unopposed for a generation where I live. So, yeah. This is a oh, one party rough. state. Yes, this <laughs> is a one party state. Man. Yeah, and I thought I thought things were bad here with the opposite of uh, you know, Republicans controlling the state, but at least they still get pushback here. You know, yes. it's possible for a Democrat to win here. Well, how it works Unlikely, in, in New York possible. City is what you do is you, don't don't forget something. Michael Bloomberg was New York City's Republican governor. I'm the Republican mayor. I'm sorry. One more time. Michael Bloomberg was New York City's Republican mayor. How it works in New York City is before you pick a party, they ask you a question. Are you a communist? Yes, Democrat. Are you a communist? No, just socialist. Okay, Republican. That's how it works. <laughs> wow. That's that's New York City. So I'm just a straight, I'm a regular socialist. Oh, you're a Republican. Right. Yeah. I'm a full-on communist. Oh, you're a Democrat. Got it. Thank you. That's it. Wow. I'm neither of those two. Why are you in the city? Yeah, exactly. Why why are you here? Why are you here now? I don't, I don't get it. Are you here? So how has how has meeting with the public gone? Because I mean you're out there talking to everyone. How has the libertarian ideas been met by the public? If you've ever seen me speak, I don't know if you've ever watched any of my, my presentations. I've done probably 500 across the state, or if not more. Yeah. They're all live and in front of people. I don't bring up libertarianism because once I put a label on it, people don't hear it. I just say my policies and ideas. And if they like it, they go, that's great. What are you, a Democrat? They, they always say whatever they, they are, right? So if they're a Democrat, they go, you're a Democrat. If you're a Republican, you're a Republican. They always say whatever that. Or they ask if you're the opposite, right? So if I'm more in urban areas, they go, you're not a Republican, are you? I mean, that's because then, of course, whatever you just said is invalid. Yeah. Even though I just loved it, whatever you said is now invalid. If I'm more rural area, you're not a Democrat, are you? Because if I say yes, whatever I said is now invalid. So I was going, no. And they go, oh, okay, okay, okay. So as a general rule, there is a, to people who are kind of in the chattering class of politics, they don't like libertarians, right? Unless they are libertarian. They have a very negative view of libertarians. They're bad. If you're a Republican, oh, they're just liberals who let the Democrats win. If you're, if you're a Democrat, oh, they're just hardcore Republicans who just want old people to die. That's who you are. But if you're a regular person, you actually don't know what a libertarian is. You actually don't know. You, you really don't know. Yeah. There's people who go, liber is that liberal because you're libertarian? Is that liberal? I'll get that. <laughs> Seriously. I've heard yes. so much. Yes. <laughs> yeah. People don't know. Yeah. They'll go, oh, you must be liberal because <laughs> liberal is in libertarian. They, they'll just yep. assume that. So when I say libertarian, I, I say also independent or libertarian, usually I get a, huh. I don't usually get a negative. I get a, huh. Okay. And if I then tell about policies that seem to make sense, ideas of supporting communities versus supporting government, ideas of giving people more freedom versus less, idea of breaking government monopolies and allowing people to have more choice, these type of libertarian ideals, 
which I don't call them libertarian ideals. I just go, these are the ideals that are American. This is what makes us better and stronger. They go, yeah, that makes sense. And then they tie that to libertarianism, even though I don't say it. Yeah. Now, I don't hide libertarianism. I mean, it's, it's on my website. It's on my pages. I say it. I don't hide it. I just don't yell it, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And if someone asks me, I tell them every time. You'll never hear me hide the fact I'm libertarian. I say it all the time. I say it openly all the time. But I don't just, I don't lead with it, if that makes any sense. I lead the people who we have to work on. And there's also some, I guess there's some pushback from many people in the movement. Who should we be going after? Do we actually want to go after Democrats and Republican, Democrats, Republicans who vote often? Actually, no. The odds of them voting for us, well, some will. There's no doubt some will. Very few will, right? If you took 10 basically satisfied Democrats or Republicans and gave them really good, solid answers and they liked you tremendously, maybe, maybe one in three would vote for you. And I'm probably pushing when I say that. Maybe one in three. If you get some that are kind of unhappy, dissatisfied, about one in two will, about half will, which is why usually when you see polling, whatever the libertarian polls, he or she tends to get half of whatever they poll. Because about half the people going to that booth go, you know what? No, I'm really a Democrat or I'm really a Republican. They go back. Who you're looking for is two types. Really pissed off Democrats, Republicans. Those people will vote for you. Or people who are somehow disengaged or angry. Right? Because if you vote often, if that's a thing you do, and you're a registered Democrat or Republican, you're accustomed to getting up and voting for your Democrat or Republican. I'm breaking a habit. That's hard. <clears throat> Excuse me. Not impossible, but it's hard. But if you're disengaged or don't care or angry or haven't voted or don't want to vote, if you actually get up, get your lazy ass off your couch and you take your lazy ass to the polling booth and you do that, you're voting for me because that's why you got your lazy ass off the couch. It's because Larry Sharp said something you liked and you like that yeah. guy. That's why you got the couch. You're voting for me. But the other people are voting anyway. Are they going to vote for me? Maybe. Some will, yes. So I don't want to ignore Democrats and Republicans. I don't. I want to talk to them. I do. But my focus has to be on the pissed off ones or the ones who are disengaged or the ones who don't vote. Now, does that mean I shouldn't talk to the hardcore Democrat Republicans? I should, but not for them, for their audience. Yeah. Right? People so People listening. Correct. Excuse me. I got a frog in my throat. Excuse me one second. Sorry about that. So yeah, so should I talk to a hardcore Democrat? 100%. But so their audience can hear me. Because usually in that hardcore Democrats audience are some people who are pissed off. In fact, there might be pissed off Republicans in that person's audience. Yeah. Because they're mad at the Republican Party and they're saying, where do I go? And then I'm looking at a Democrat saying, hey, maybe Democrats are my answer. I don't like Republicans anymore. Maybe it's Democrats. Well, here comes Larry Sharp. Ooh, maybe some attorneys. So I do think we talk to them, but for their audience, if that makes any sense. Yeah. No, no, I think that makes perfect sense. I, I think a lot of candidates could probably learn something from what you just said about not necessarily leading with the libertarian thing, but not hiding right. it. Right. I, because just as a, as, as a person who uh, talks to just a lot of people about libertarianism, whether it's uh, for the purpose of campaigning or just because, uh, I mean, I have a podcast, I talk to a lot of people. 
there are a lot of people who immediately just shut you down and just just blank over. You say libertarianism. And most of the time I'm I'm used to that, you know, and I accept that, but it's not always strategic. Right, right. Well, the other issue though is right, when you're when you're we do something else. We talk about getting government out of the way. And unless you're in a very libertarian audience or a very rural audience sometimes, that's not a good thing. Yeah. Most Americans love government. I know if someone listening libertarian, your head just wants to explode. But I'm just telling you the truth. They love yeah. government. And they also believe in their hearts that without government, uh, 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 we're all going to die, right? There's no way we can't survive. It's, oh, my God. <laughs> they, they believe it. Now, clearly, yeah. I know they're wrong, and so do you. We know that they're yeah. incorrect. But it doesn't matter. They believe it. So we have to get them to understand there's another answer, which is why I often lead with solutions. And here is why the left keeps growing. And people wonder, well, why is the left growing? They, they've got these bad ideas or whatever. Here's the reason why. They have ideas. And when you're in trouble or hurting, you want an answer. So what do Republicans do? America used to be great. Make America great again. America used to be great. Bootstraps. I got a problem. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear an answer. What do libertarians do? Well, you know, let me give you a history lesson about how bad government is. I don't care about history lesson. I want to answer my problem. I don't care. <laughs> what do Democrats yeah. do? We'll give you money. Oh, money. Okay, well, that's an answer. We'll pass more laws to punish the people who've hurt you. Ooh, you'll punish people. That's an answer. Now, none of those answers work, but they're answers. Yeah. And when people get no answer, Republicans or the Libertarians, they go to Democrats because they have an answer. I'll take a bad answer over no answer every day of the week, which is why you hear me go nuts over providing answers. Everywhere I go, I'm talking about answers. Here's how you solve a problem. Here's how you do it without government. Here's how community supports you. Because once I give them an answer, they go, oh, that's an actual answer. And that answer actually makes more sense than the Democratic answer. Huh. This is how I think we actually move people, is by giving them answers that will work better than a Democratic answer. The Democrats are the party of bad ideas. The Republicans are the party of no ideas. And the problem is when people have problems, they will go to bad idea. An example I give all the time is 1917 Russia. Right? 300 years of serfdom for the Russian people, basically slavery, but not exactly, very close to slavery, if not exactly. Yeah. 300 years of, of, of oppression. And here comes Lenin. I got this idea. Hey, communism. And they go, what's this communist thing? Well, we get to kill the older, the older people who have all the old money. We get to kill all the, the rich people who've been oppressing you. Oh, we like that idea. Yeah, okay. And everyone will be equal. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, well, what about um, food? Well, <laughs> about you know, that. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, about that food thing. Um, don't know if you get more of that, but we we will kill rich people. That we will do. Yeah. Promise you that. One. We'll be equal. <laughs> yes, we're all equally starve. I mean, like yeah. all of us, we'll all starve right together. We'll be together when we starve. Yeah. So, so yes. So they said, well, that's an answer, and I know where I am now sucks. So I'll take that answer. And you're finding more, and more, which is why you're seeing right now, if you notice, more and more Americans are agreeing with Medicare for all. More and more are. More and more agreeing with UBI. Why? Because no one else has an answer for them. 
And Democrats keep beating the same drum. Here's your answer. Here's your answer. Here's your answer. And they're going, well, we know the current system sucks. That we know. Yeah. So we'll take this one. So I think that's the reason why. Answers are everything. And if we don't provide answers, we can't grow. That's an interesting point. Well, the piece is, you asked about me being in the, in, in the lines then, and I am. Yeah. I am in the belly of the beast. But the average Democrat in New York City isn't a bad person. They aren't trying to hurt people. They don't yeah. want you to suffer. They don't. That's not their goal. Their goal is, I, I struggle to survive in my city, and I want to survive better in my city. Yeah. As I said, Republicans have no answers. Democrats do. So they keep following Democrat answers. It's literally that simple. When you start showing them that there are other answers, they begin to turn. It takes time. Remember, some of the people, particularly in cities like New York and other cities like that, like this, they've been voting Democrat for, I mean, literally decades. Breaking that habit is going to be hard. It's going to be hard. It takes a long time, a lot of conversations. You want to, you got to realize that I've got to get, we have to get some victories yeah. so that they can believe we can win. The other thing is we're in an environment now to where deciding a victory is not my side wins. It's the other side loses. So I don't care what happens as long as the Democrats lose or as long as the Republicans lose, right? We got to stop Trump or we got to stop the libs or whatever is the <laughs> yeah, thing yeah. of the day, yeah. right? So that's all that matters. So if you ask somebody, like, look at the last election, the many Democrats, so happy Biden won. Oh, my God, we stopped Trump. Great. Is your life any better? Well, no, my life still sucks. So how did you win? Well, we stopped Trump. Okay, got it. But how did you win? Yeah. But we stopped Trump. I get it. You stopped Trump. I, it's true. He's not president. Correct. Well done, I guess. But then how did you win? How was your life better? Oh, no, my life still sucks. Did you really win? Yeah. Like, guess what? You didn't win. <laughs> you didn't really win, did you? Yeah. You didn't really win. Right? And I think we have to get them to that point where they say, because here's the, uh, what I often get. Well, Larry, I can't vote for you because you can't win. So the other guy might win. And I said, great, you keep voting that way if you want to. You've been voting that way for 40 years. We've been swapping Democrats, Republicans for 40 years. What are we getting? A stronger centralized government, more debt, more war, more pain. Through both parties. Through both parties. Yep. Right. And, and, and here's the worst part. If you're a Republican or a Democrat, you probably want certain things, right? Odds are, if you're a Democrat, you want some kind of universal health care. Odds are you want a higher minimum wage, right? If you're a Democrat. If you're a Republican, odds are you want less debt. Odds are you would like less war. Odds are you would like um, uh, uh, less gun control, right? Odds are. You've got none of that, left yeah. or right. And you've had Republicans run all three branches and Democrats run all three branches. And yeah. even if you are a lefty or a righty and you want those things, you, you still didn't get them. So you're still not winning. But this time, when the Republicans take over everything, they got to cut the debt <laughs> and whatever, right? And stop the wars yeah. or whatever, right? Right, 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 right. This time when Democrats win, then they're gonna, you know, give you Medicare for all or raise them and right, 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 right. Or stop, or fix immigration, whatever, right, right. No one does any of those yeah, it things. Yeah, was, it was this moment that we're waiting for. Correct, yes, <laughs> right. The last three times that we've run the government, we, we could do it because stuff. And, but yeah. now, <laughs> but now we're gonna do it. Yeah, Stop. exactly. They're never going to fix any of these problems because they like them all.
they like the problems. The situation is if they have the problem, they get to fight you over the problem and not fix anything. Well, and the, the, the problem is job security for them. Correct. So why would they yes. ever get rid of the problem? What, are you stupid? They're not dumb. <laughs> exactly. They're not dumb. Yeah. So it, it, to me, it always just seems like like you were just saying, now politics is a lot more like team sports. Yes. So, I mean, if you've ever tried to argue with somebody about their team and why another team is better and why they should switch teams, that right there is just like arguing them voting for somebody else. Uh, and that's my point, right? Um, I grew up in the Bronx, South Bronx, by Yankee Stadium in the 70s and the 80s. And I'm a huge Yankee fan. Huge Yankee fan. Love the Yankees. Mets fan. Hit, hated <laughs> the Boston Red Sox. Because you're supposed to, particularly in the 70s and 80s. That was a rivalry that was hardcore. You had to hate them. Yeah. You, if you liked the Yankees, you had to hate the, the Boston Red Sox. So we used to wear shirts that said Boston sucks. Because we had to. Because we were Yankee fans. And it didn't matter if the Boston Red Sox were a better team than the Yankees. It was irrelevant. Yeah. Facts didn't matter. <laughs> Yeah. No matter what, Boston Red Sox were a terrible team. No matter what, facts were irrelevant. No matter what, Yankees were the best team in the league. Doesn't matter if they haven't won a, a championship in 10 years. Irrelevant. They're the best team in the league. Facts don't matter. That is what I grew up on as a Yankee fan. So sure. I was a hardcore Yankee fan. You were not changing my mind. You were not. Yeah. I, that's it. So that's the point I mean by the hardcore Democrat Republican. We're not changing their mind. They're on team sports. Yeah. However, there are tons of people who just like the Yankees who can be convinced that, oh, maybe the Mets are better this year. Or maybe Boston's not a bad team this year. They can be convinced. They like the Yankees, but they can be convinced. That's yeah. what I mean. But now what I want to do is, how am I going to get that, that Yankee fan to hear me? He's not going to talk to me. Yankees aren't that important to him. I'm going to have to have an argument with the hardcore Boston Red Sox fan, me and them together. We're going to have to have a hardcore argument on which team is better, why the management is better, and, and why going for the base hits better than going for the home run or whatever. I got to have that back and forth. Who am I going to convince? Not the yeah. fan, but the, the, the sideshow fans. They're going to come my way. So I think you're completely correct. I was just kind of using that as an example yep. of, of why I think the way I think. The, the person who's a hardcore Democrat, the person who actually likes Biden, <laughs> who actually thinks Biden's a good president, we're not convincing that person. No. We're not. Ever. That's We're not. Well, maybe <laughs> 30 years from now, maybe, but not now, for sure. We're not, right? Yeah. But can we convince a lot of people who are listening to that person because they want to believe it? Yes. Yes. See, I think you said something kind of interesting. It's like the, the average New Yorker is not trying to hurt somebody. No, not in fact, they're they're probably trying to do the opposite. They they have every good intention. Enough can be said about good intentions, you know, gold yes. gold roads and everything. But nonetheless, yeah, roads. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's not get down that road. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just interesting to me, and this this is just kind of just all over the place. It's interesting to me that people when they vote and then they get something bad in return they don't make the connection ever because there's no option right the biggest issue and the reason why is if people are paying attention to what i'm doing i've been very close to the forward party i've been very close to them people people sometimes go why are you so close to the forward party because the forward party and the libertarian party have 
one goal completely in in uh, uh, um in simpatico right on line together one and that is electoral reform in that we are 100% compatible and yeah. the forward party has said that's the number one issue over everything and after what i've been through i agree with them i agree i'm like that's number one For, the number one thing is electoral reform why they have no choice jacob it's I let the evil Trump win or I deal with the garbage that I have, right? I had a, I had a woman on my show last night and she was talking about um, all the problems with race and segregation. And I said, look, all this you're talking about, all done by government. And I went down a list. Government did this. I said, without government-sponsored segregation, we would integrate, Yeah. right? The government made us racist, literally by making it law and putting you in jail or finding if you, did, if you weren't racist. So it encouraged the, the people who were racist when now empowered. The people who weren't racist became racist. So yeah. it did nothing but do things badly. When you, when you get rid of those laws, people tend to integrate. It's a normal way of doing things. She agreed with me and said, well, what's the system we have? Wait a second. <laughs> There's a problem right there. <laughs> yes. But, <laughs> that, but that. <laughs> I don't think her intentions were evil. I yeah. think she was worried about equality. I think she cared. I don't think she was trying to be mean or nasty, but I think that's what she honestly believes. What can we do? We got to use government. I'm like, but government's the problem. But all we got is government. In her mind, she can't even fathom the idea that maybe government's not the answer, which is why earlier I joked yeah. when I heard Gary Johnson and I go, what? Government's <laughs> not the answer to everything? Yeah. There are still a lot of people who honestly believe that. Yeah. So yes, I, I guess I'm, I'm kind of pushing your point, but I'm saying I agree with you. They don't see any other alternative. So of course they feel this. Like they're saying, I only have a lesser of two evils. Jacob, there's no other choice. And I'm saying that's because the system makes it that way. The system, yeah. and here's the, the other example I'll give you is my governor, Governor Kathy Hochul, um, first of her name, all hail Her Majesty. Um, she... <laughs> Queen, queen of the Empire State. Um, <laughs> she, when she did her inaugural address and her acceptance speech in both cases, and I'm not making this up, this is literal, she used my talking points. Ooh. Yes. Which means Shots that <laughs> her, no, that means her people realized that I had impact. Mm -hmm. And they went on my website and they wrote her speech based upon my website. Mm. That's a good thing. Right? That's a good thing. It means that what I'm saying is true, right? That even her speechwriters get, this guy's got the right plan. We need to use his stuff. Now, Nasty she's not doing anything. like her can make, make uh, you know, the plebes happy with what you say. Correct. Yes. So she'll say that. It's fine. But my point, yeah. don't get me wrong. She's not libertarian. She's not going to do anything that I said. I mean, of course not. That's just talk, right? Yeah. She's a terrible governor, of course. But what I'm saying is that's a good sign, Right. In my state, before I even announced in December of 2021, before I announced for 2022, I was polling at 6%. That's insane. In October of 2022, a month before the election, when I had been kicked off the ballot, I was not on the ballot at all. I polled at 3%. That's incredible. So I am making impact in my state. Her using my talking points. I'm making impact in my state. Now, did I change anything? No, I didn't. But it's good signs. And you ask another reason why I'm still here. Those signs make me think that I got to keep going. They make me think that 
I've got something, I've got a seed that's planted. You probably can't even see it yet. It's still on the ground. But there's a seed that is planted that, that's been fertilized. And if I can go a little bit further, maybe I can get it growing. So I think that's the thing. But no matter what, number one issue is electoral reform. Forward parties on board. I'm on board. If you're on board with electoral reform, I'm with you. I don't care about the policies you have. And I know some of the parents get mad at me and go, but they care about UBI and they want Medicare for all. I don't care. I want electoral reform so that we can get all our ideas out. I'm not afraid of their ideas as long as mine come out too. Because I feel 100% confident that if we're able to all get our ideas out, I win. The problem is we can't get our ideas out. Yeah. Let's get our ideas out. And they can all do all their government's going to fix everything. Yes, as long as I can get my ideas out with them, let them say it. I'm going to win that. I win that battle. I don't mind. Yeah. I'll fight that battle. That, that's actually something I wanted to ask you about was what are your feelings of the party, specifically the national party, moving in this direction of working with other coalitions, other parties and everything, the the, the issue coalitions. Do you think that that's a, a- Do it all day long. Love it. Perfect. Do it, Do it all day long. Love it. All I care, there are two things we need to win. One is popularity, two is money, and they go hand in hand. That's and true. the more coalitions that we have, the more people who see us, the better off we are. So do it. I don't care. Yes. Be, sitting in my corner talking about how righteous I am gets us nowhere. Gets yeah. Nowhere. I, I was about to ask, what about the people opposed? <laughs> gets us nowhere. Look, I, my point is, if I believe that my ideas are correct, and I do, if I know my ideas are better, and they are, I'm happy to fight you on that battle. For the, and they know that too. That's why they don't let us fight. Do you th why do you think they don't let us get in the debate stage? Because we'll win. Every time. They know our ideas are better also. Shane so Hazel won that debate. Shane Hazel, <laughs> per, my, my, my yeah. Marine Corps brother. Yes, Shane Hazel killed it. Absolutely. They don't want him on that debate stage. Look, to be forward, if I was them, I wouldn't either. Like, I, yeah. I get why they're doing it. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to fight Shane Hi either. I get it. I wouldn't yep. want to if I was them either. I'd have to actually have, like, real ideas and stuff. I don't want that. <laughs> right? That's, yeah. Who wants to do that? So... So my goal is get us in the field. I'm not afraid to fight. Shane's not afraid to fight. Any good libertarian is not afraid of the battle. We will win the battles. We got to get on the field. We are stopping from the field. If coalitions get me in the field, I'm in. Let's do it. I'm in. So I, I think coalitions are awesome. But I have a, a very different view on national LP than most people do. If it were up to me, the national LP would focus on only one thing and one thing only ballot access. Nothing else matters for, as far as I'm concerned for the, for the national LP. But what about messaging? That's what candidates are for. That's what campaigns yeah. are for. What about the face of the party? That's what candidates are for. That's what activists are for, right? Activists are the face of the party. Candidates are the face of the party. I don't care about the LP. National LP, I don't even care about the platform. The platform should be the preamble and that's it. That's it. Nothing else. Preamble. That's it. I actually agree with that. That's it. So it should be. And then let each candidate and each activist group come up with their own stuff. See, I always thought a national party kind of went against the idea in the first place. I know well, we need it though. To we need a national party to get on yeah. the ballot. 
Right. Yeah, that's, and that's that's the goal of it, right? That's, and that's, that's why like a fact of life. Correct. But it doesn't in in our world it wouldn't need to exist. Yes. Right. In our perfect world, who cares? We don't live in a yeah. perfect world. But we have we play to have by different a rules. national infrastructure. Yeah. So I think we need to have a national infrastructure, but for only one reason to get our candidates on the ballot. Right? To help with things like changing the 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 getting the helping the activists to get ballot access um the ba- um uh referendums public referendums yes. right that's all the parties you even care about in my view obviously people disagree with me i don't care if the, i don't care if it has a twitter account i don't care yeah i don't care if it has a, i don't i don't care <laughs> just ballot access ballot access ballot access and every four years pick presidential candidates that will get us more and more press. Yeah, I agree. More and more press that will support local down ballot candidates. But, you know, that's not, they don't listen to me. Well, they don't listen to me either. You know, I, I like go. people in the state parties to focus on their states because that's kind of the point. 100%. You know? Yes. And, man, there, there's been a lot of drama with this new, you know, uh, party leadership, whatever that means. But it none of it makes sense to me. Focus on your state, you know. That's what I've been doing ever since I uh, decided to get involved. I'm curious what other states are doing, but that's not going to affect what I do here. Well, no, I think it can, but you do you're looking at to see what matches and what doesn't, right? Obviously, there are some aspects of other states that will apply directly to Utah, and some that won't at all, right? So I think you should be savvy to look and go, oh. No, that fits here. Okay, that doesn't. Yeah. Ooh, modify that. That fits here. Right? I'm sure there are there are issues you could find with the states that would work and wouldn't work. I would um, agree. Yeah. So if you, if you wanted national to be a repository of information, I'd be okay with that too. Right? Maybe you could put all. Maybe you could, uh, national could be a place where you would submit all of the laws that you've um, backed at your state. Right? Yeah. Under some type of category system. So now you're in Utah. You want a separate law? Go to the national archives. LP National Archives. Okay, what have people submitted? No. Oh, that fits me. That that kind of thing would be awesome. I'd love that. Repository of information and ballot access. And we're good. Yeah. That's what that's far should be. I also do like the history aspect that uh Karen Ann and many other people have been involved with. Absolutely. I like learning about the party, uh, especially since so much of it is tied to the state of Utah. Um that that's one thing that I really enjoy. But other than that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It, it should be stripped down, bare bones, should be what we yeah. need to have, not uh, anything well, beyond that. The other that. problem is people now expect too much of the party, right? Why isn't the party supporting candidates? Support yourself. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Go raise yeah. money. Well, I don't have money. Then don't run for office. Yeah. But there's no one on, there's no one on the ballot. I don't care. Then no one's in the ballot. Be an activist. I, Move. You don't, you don't have to run or be yeah. an activist, which is free. Be an activist if you want. Yeah. To. I don't care. I don't, whatever, right? You can do other things. You're, the, the problem is we, we, because of our history, we have this culture of, well, someone's got to be on the ballot for marketing. That doesn't work. It's not true. It never has been true. It's silly. It's a colossal waste of time. If Agreed. you are not prepared yourself to run for whatever office you want to run for, don't run. Run for the office that you care about that you're prepared to sacrifice for, that you can take away your time, money, and energy to go do. If you don't have that, don't run. You're not doing me a favor by being a paper candidate. You're wasting my time. 
yeah. and nobody cares. Nobody cares. So instead, run for what you feel. People say, well, he's going to run for governor. Or for, why? Well, because we need that. I don't care what we need. What does that individual feel passionate about? They want to get out of bed and work on. Because it's going to be a horrible slug running for office. You can get hammered. It's going to be unfair. People are going to backstab you. It's going to be terrible. You're going to lose time, money, maybe even friends. It's going to be horrible. Well, and what if you actually win? What do you plan on doing? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, right? So you, you need to be able to build a team and raise money and influence people. That's what a good politician will do. Raise money, influence people, and build a good team. If you can't do it in a campaign, you're going to be a terrible per, uh, a, a person who wins, terrible winner. Yeah. So you're going to win. You can't influence anybody. Well, then why'd you bother running then? You can't raise money. Well, you can't stay in office then, can you? You can't build a team. You can't do it all yourself. So you're going to be a crappy administrator. So yeah. if you're a bad candidate, you're probably will be a bad winner. So be a good candidate and then be a good winner. I, I know a lot of people say, we got to run a thousand candidates or 10,000 candidates. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. I would rather, if I have a choice of a thousand candidates running by themselves or 10 candidates who actually care with a team of 20 each, I will yeah. take 10 candidates with a team of 20 each who actually care about the race they're running in, whatever that is. Some people are more passionate about local. Some people want to run for president of the world. I don't mind. You do what's going to motivate you and you get people behind you. Whatever that is, yes, that's the right answer. So it seems to me like running a much running fewer candidates for more strategic locations would actually get us a better chance of actually winning, which would open the floodgates because of all of these people saying, I would vote for you, but you don't win. Well, not the strategic locations. I think that's the, I think that's the key. I, key, I think it's the, 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 well, the location that the, the person... Positions is what I meant. It's got to be the, the, the position the person wants to do where they can move others. Right. So you see people sometimes run and when they start running, they're running for, say, I don't know, Congress. And all they talk about is and the local mayor did blah, blah, blah. Why are you running for Congress? Well, because yeah. that's the seat they need me to run for. But all you talk about is the mayor. Yeah. Why don't you run local? Oh, yeah. You care about local. You're yelling about the mayor and the city council. So you care about local. Run local. Your, your passion will motivate people. You'll raise money. You know what you're talking about because it's what you care about. So you know what you're talking about. So the problem is now Congress, someone's going to ask you about, about Ukraine. You're like, what's that? I don't get it. I don't know. Ukraine's bad. You're going to sound like an idiot. Why? Because you don't care about it. You care about local or the reverse. You don't even know who your city councilman is because you don't care. You all about national. Well, why are you running for Congress or Senate? Run for the thing that you care about, that you want to talk about. Otherwise, yeah. it's dumb. Well, and it just wastes everyone's time. People Correct. can tell when things are not genuine. Correct. Yes. Run for what you care about. If you hear me, I do a, I do a New York State radio show every single Tuesday at 1 p.m. It's Western New York. It's all about New York. It's all about New York constantly. Right? I know about New York. I care about New York. So I run for governor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it makes it's what I'm passionate about. It's what I care about. Right? So I run for governor. Right? So I run for what I'm passionate about. Well, I would definitely say, uh, you know, I... I kept my my eye on your campaign. Um, obviously, there there's some important people or important positions that people run for, and for me, I like watching all these campaigns. I kept an eye on Shane Hazel's campaign. Yeah. Um, there's people. I like always that. get mad at Shane. I tell him to raise more money. Damn it! I was telling him that. <laughs> don't listen to me. 
He don't listen to me. He should. He should. But one one thing, I have never looked at your campaign and uh, felt that it was not genuine. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Um, I think it's important people to keep an eye on campaigns such as yours and others to be able to learn from that because yep. there are reasons why we aren't winning and we can all learn from each other and people who have 100%. a passion for running like yourself, you are just a wealth of knowledge. So yes, there's the others. You're right. And this is a, this is a good sign for people who are upset. or worried about the party. If you go back 10 years, when I first started living 11 years now, going to get involved in a party, most of the time when somebody ran, they ran, lost, got upset and left, never came back. Those days are kind of over now. You're seeing people stay, right? I ran, I lost, I ran again, I lost, I'm still here again, I'm still with you, I'm still talking about it, yep. I'm gonna fix things, I'm still working. Spike ran, he lost, he's still here, right? A lot of people are staying involved and going around and doing things. Chase ran, he lost, he's still here. Shane ran twice, lost twice, he's still here, right? I mean, yep. people are losing and staying to show people that it does matter, it's a long-term piece, you know, that wasn't true 10 years ago, right? Now it is. And they're not just running again, which is important, but they're also staying in with the people to hear and talk and be around. That wasn't happening before. So now, as you mentioned, this wealth of knowledge is not going away. It's staying with us. Yeah, which is incredibly important. Um, I also... Uh really think that uh, we have to lead by example. Mm -hmm. And that that's one thing I've really been pushing. And one, one reason why I wanted to get you on, um, you were one of these people that do lead by example. And oh, that's really important to me. So I think we'll wrap up here. Um, however, I do want to get you back on. Um, there's always more fun, interesting things to talk about. And I've been wanting, I've been wanting to get you on since I started the show anyways, and now just seemed like the time. Um, so we'll have to do it again in the future. Um, anything you have to shout out where people can find you, what you have going on? You can check me. I'm on all the interweb things, Larry Sharp. I'm on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and parlor and Twitch <laughs> and all the things I'm on all of the things as Larry Sharp and also a sharp way. My show goes usually around 7 p.m. Eastern or sometimes 9 p.m. Eastern. It's almost every day, um, Monday through Friday, but sometimes not. Um, when you have a chance, please check it out. I, I do a lot of interviews. I also do a panel show on Monday nights. I do a radio show Tuesday afternoon. I put out a lot of content. Please enjoy. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Larry. And uh, everyone watching, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, it's always a great time spending time with everyone. Um, make sure to hit that subscribe, hit the like, share. We are always uh, blocked by our big tech overlords who are trying to prevent us from growing. Um, so go ahead and try to get us out there, especially if you found any value in this. And uh, we've got some more shows coming up. So just keep an eye out and uh, rise to liberty.com slash links, which is where you can find everywhere we are. Uh, and on that, until next time, Stay free, my friends.